This is Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. I appreciate our fans uh, and the environment that they create. And they created Saturday. Uh, they're relentless and they're passionate. And their love for the Hogs is, is seen and felt. Uh, and I'm com- completely unacceptable. So he said it. He finally admitted it. Not that this team is unacceptable. Not that the product on the field is unacceptable. But that he's unacceptable. And the truth shall set you free with a $12 million Will it set our program free? I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. So, so um, here we are. Zach, um, how you feeling today? You want my honest opinion? Or? I mean, why would we lie? So, well, so, uh, oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. Where's my sunshine? Let's sunshine pump so, we, so everybody's happy that we're not too negative. John Stephen Jones is starting. I'm just kidding, dude. Stop. That's not sunshine either. I'm, I, what did you want me to do? I got, I got nothing. I'm trying. I'm trying. Look, I've no, tried no. for the last 48 hours knowing that this podcast was coming to try to find the silver lining. To try to. I will say this. The positive lining about Saturday, my seats were damn good. Well, that's good. At least you had a great cold place to watch a... Yeah, yeah. I'm well, and, and, and I mean, for I my mean, second experience inside of Reynolds Razorback Stadium, uh-huh. um, we got gifted tickets thanks to my mom uh, inside the Cardinal Club in the South End Zone. Yeah, dude, I was like a kid in a candy store. I walked in, it was like, oh wow, they had these big monikers of, of uh, former players of the I, I would, highlights, the the yeah. the big things of the university, kind of around the place. Um, uh, 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 I want I'm going to say gourmet concession. Oh, the food is awesome. Oh, dude. The food is awesome. They had couches. There was like TVs everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It it's was a, it's warm. A good, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sweet. We've, we've set up there a couple times on the other, on the West Outdoor Club. So it's it's a lot of fun, or East Outdoor, whichever. So we've, 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 we've spent a little time was, up there. It's I a was a little bit impressed. I was like, wow, this is kind of nice. Well, hey, at least you and the other 12 people at the game enjoyed it. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you and Will and Katie have all seen how animated I can get during Razorback games. Yep. I sat the whole time and didn't say anything. It's because I wasn't there. No, it, well, I was not battling a kidney stone either. Because I'd have been yelling. I'd have been yelling bad I, stuff, I, I just, I, I mean, I don't think you would have yelled. I'd have yelled. I yelled at home. I yelled I at my radio driving down the road. Like, I I, but, but see, the thing is, I don't think, I don't think you would have yelled. I, I just, I, I couldn't. I was like... Every time I turned you around. You haven't been doing enough games with me. Well, I mean, I, every time I turned around, Ben Hicks would be on the field and be like, all right, we, we oh, look, Mississippi State scored again. Yeah, I'd be yelling about that. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, at midway through the first quarter, I was like, that, that, it's. You mean when it was over and Ben Hicks was still in the game? Yeah. Yeah, that point. The booze, dude. The yeah. booze. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, how'd you feel about the booze? What, what, what? I, I'm, I'm going to admit I booed, too. Okay. But I didn't boo the players. I booed. It was my boo was for the coach's decision to leave Ben Hicks in. I don't understand. And, and, to, and to this day, even with people on Twitter, I I, I don't understand. And I, I don't have an answer. And apparently, neither does Coach Morris about why he left Ben Hicks in. Well, because he had too many drops by the wide receivers. I got stunned I, so, silence. <laughs> Short, but that's what he told us. Short, did you? I've been short right. circuiting all day. But that, I mean, that's what he told us, right? In the press is, conference, it is. But did we learn anything from either the post game 
or, or, or the press conference earlier today. Oh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Well, I'm, well I got a rant. I, I, I can tell. I, got I can see the look in your face. It, it's, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, apathy has completely set in with me for football. And the positive note that you were looking for, at the time of this press conference, the first bath, or the, the time of this press conference, we're giving uh, a press conference. Uh, We're decommitting from the University of Arkansas right now. <laughs> Don't at me on no interviews, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I stole nothing. Yeah, all right, well. <laughs> well, maybe I did. You just never know. Uh, the, at the time of the, the, the release of this podcast this week, the first basketball game will be over. Yep. But tonight, we're 24 hours away from it. So I can say this. Basketball's back. I'm excited. At least it'll be fun to watch. It'll, it'll, oh, it'll be great right, to watch. Here, here's what's going to be awesome. There's going to be really good coaching going on. Yeah. Regardless of what happens at the end, there's going to be really good coaching now, going on. I, one basketball note, and then we'll jump back into how we feel about Saturday. Uh, am I expecting this to be an NCAA tournament team this year? No. I, I'm, I, wouldn't, I, I would be surprised if we got NIT bid. See, I'm a little different on that. We can get into that more, obviously, but... Um, I, I would not be surprised to see this team make the tournament, but I'm not expecting this team to make the tournament. So, I, I, like I said, I, this team has some pieces that, they you know, they, they could do some damage. And if a guy like Kyrie Walker decides to commit and come here at semester, and if maybe Connor Vanover gets gets his eligibility. We, we still haven't heard anything. I'm so, free, free Vanover. Free Vanover, please. Hashtag. So, I want to start a hashtag. Hashtag pack the bud. But I have a thought on that. Oh, okay. I, have, I, have, I, have, I think there'll be a good crowd there tomorrow. Jump, jumping, jump, I'm, I'm, I know I'm jumping back and forth here. But, you do that. But when we when we jump back into football, I have I have a theory that I think the administration at the U of A should follow. Oh boy. Um. But I'm excited. Yeah. You know. I am too. That'll be fun. I'm excited. And, and I told the crowd that the guys that were around me in uh, a Saturday, me and Katie on Saturday, uh, they were like, "Man, this." And I and I just kind of looked and I said, "Hey." Basketball starts Tuesday. Just remember that. Yeah. Just remember that. And they and the, they held an open practice inside of Bud Walton Saturday morning before the game. Wait, an open practice? Basketball. Like, people yeah. can watch. Like, yeah. Even though he's building a program and yeah, and people can see what he's doing. Yeah. Holy crap! It's like a now. And idea. I don't. I don't know. I again. I don't know if it's like the open practice with hard quotations around it that Morris does during fan day and all that, where it's all scripted and right. crap like that. Yeah. Beanie. Bag. I think. I honestly think this was a true practice because there were some guys that were messing up, and he got after it. Yeah. He didn't care about the guys in the stands. He got after them. Well, that's what Muss is going to do. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's a very, he's, he's very heated. He's very animated, and he's, I mean, he's he's a really, really good coach. So, I think we're going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy just watching him coach. That's going to be an yeah. exciting part. Well, I mean, listening to him talk, I mean, yeah. just listening to that guy talk basketball, it, it's, it's impressive. So. Um, one thing that is completely different between him and, and Morris is the the he doesn't bounce around questions like he yeah. answers them straight on like I, I had a <laughs> I say it I say I had an interview I had six minutes with him during the summer um, in an interview that we did uh, real cool too yeah um, I asked him some pretty I thought was pretty heavy questions um, some did not make it to air though um, due to time constraints because uh, they had him rushing around yeah. Uh, this event and uh, never slayed. He never, you know, he never, he never sidestepped it or anything. Didn't tell me any kind of BS. 
He just said, I asked him, I asked straight up, asked him, I said, What's, what do you think the identity of this team is since you've been here? He says, well, I don't know yet. I said, we won't know until we get into, you know, fall practice and anything else. And I was like, wow, he actually, I mean, he, he didn't try to BS me. He, so so that, that brings me to my first rant. So it's a good transition point, I think, jumping back into football. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So I've had a lot of people, well, let's say a lot, a few, um, few on Twitter that have asked why because I've been a very outspoken supporter of Chad Morris Steve and and many have asked why I was why do you flip on throwing the fire Chad Morris and was very upset and first you changed your Twitter handle for a few hours I changed my Twitter handle to to, to fire Chad Morris Um, but so here here's where I'm at right now and this is where I'm insanely frustrated so when Morris came in there was a few things that that he said and done that really that really bothered me he was just a walking cliche. I mean, it was everything that came out of his mouth was the hammer down and all this other crap, all these monikers he made up. But and, and I hope that a lot of people would see through that or wouldn't see through that except for the recruits. You know, the recruits, you know, or especially the recruits. You know, hopefully the recruits would buy into that. And it seemed like it. The first year he sold playing time, he sold this excitement over an offense. He sold all these things. But one of the number one things that I remember taking, or two of the I mean, two of the, the top two things that I remember taking away from Morris when he was hired was one when he came in and made the comment that he would build a program to um, he or he would he would build a game plan around the players he had he was very adamant about making making us believe that as a high school coach every year he has to adapt his offense to new players and new personnel and that that's what makes him great is he can adapt an offense or a scheme to the players he has he's yet to do that since he's been at the University of Arkansas now I don't have an issue with KJ not playing until this past week. I don't. I understand the four really? game. I don't because I, I get the mindset, and, and and I don't I don't know that there should be a regret there. Again, we can argue the the we can argue whether or not he should have been in early in the season, and whether or not he was really ready early in the season, and and you know whether he would have made a difference in like a game against Ole Miss, which was really early on a guy that didn't come in early. This wasn't a guy that enrolled early. He didn't get here until summer. Didn't really get to practice until August. So. Um, so, I mean, I'm not uh, – that, that I'm not concerned with. What I'm concerned with is you, as a coach, should be building this team around the talent you have. Now, agreed, it's limited talent in places. There, there's, there's a lot of issues on the offensive line. But he continues to come out and make comments about how he's simplifying the offense and he's doing all these things. Why are we simplifying an offense? Why are you not just building an offense that fits the people you have? And, and he's not done that. So that's my number one issue that I've had with Morris. The other thing that I really liked about Morris when he came in was if you – outside of the, the all of his little – all the little things he wanted to say and the cliches he wanted to throw out and the coach speak that he threw out, if you really listened to him, when he got to talking about football, it was exciting. Listening to this guy talk X's and O football was exciting, a lot like listening to Muss talk, talk X's and O basketball. The guy knows football. There's no question at all that this guy knows football like the back of his hand. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a huge – I was a huge proponent of Morris at the time because of those things. The, all the silly monikers and all of that stuff, you know, if nothing else, it was for him to market and sell the program. And so I was – you know, I was I – was, you know, while it was annoying to sit there and listen to it, the hope was is that his knowledge of football would help carry this program. Now – when we think about his inability so far to build a scheme around his players, look at what he's done in multiple games this year. 
So Portland State game was was in all it was a disaster. The Ole Miss game was a disaster. You started the wrong quarterback. You hung with the wrong quarterback. You finally figured out what your offense could do with another guy. There seems to be a pattern with it. Well, then you beat Colorado. And again, I don't. And the reason I don't blame Morris for for not playing KJ is he brought in two guys that he thought would be short-term answers. A guy in Hicks that he thought would know the offense. And again, we've talked about this. And so I understand giving these guys every opportunity imaginable. The problem is, is when you stick them out there and you just let them fail over and over and over. And it's not happened with just Stark or just Hicks. It's happened with both of them. He does not make decisions. He's way too timid. He coaches scared. And it's a frustrating thing to watch. Then on top of that, the guy walks out into press conferences and doesn't want to answer a question. Now, I understand there's certain questions you don't answer at a, at, a, at, a, at a press conference or certain things you don't say. But when someone's asking you about schemes and what's going wrong and you sidestep that and just, oh, you know, Tra- Traylon Burks played really well. well. Well, no, no crap, genius. We all saw that Traylon Burks played his butt off and, and worked his butt off. But at the end of the day, Morris doesn't seem to show any ability to coach up these guys. We talked last week and you said that we should change coordinators. Number one, we should have changed coordinators on the defensive side of the ball the minute the last whistle blew on Saturday. John mm-hmm. Chavis should not have a job at the University of Arkansas. And right that now. leads me to my point later in the show. Yeah. So, so from that perspective, I am, I am high, that 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 highly frustrates me. His his inability not only to develop, his inability to to identify the true issues that are going on on this program. And then his inability to hold anyone accountable. Now, I get it. He kicked C.J. O'Grady off the team. Okay, fine. Again, that's another point I'm going to bring up but, later. But, but C.J. CJ's had his long list of issues. And so he really, at this point, had no choice. This is something he had to do at this point. Something he had to do at this point as well is get rid of John Chavis, and he didn't do it. I don't know if that's because of the respect that he has for Chavis and the, the amount of time he's been around and doesn't want to fire a guy that's been around for that long. But, but – the long and short of it is you don't give up 460 yards rushing and keep your job the next day. You just don't do it, and you shouldn't do it, and it shouldn't happen. And if Morris wants to win his job back this year, because at this point he's lost his job. I know he's still the head coach of the University of Arkansas, but in my mind he's lost his job. And he's got to earn it. And, and from my eyes, now I'm not the, I'm not Hunter Juracek. I don't make this decision. We don't make this decision. But I said last week that these last four games were an opportunity for him to – this is where I would judge him. I never in a million years thought we'd walk in and get beat like we did against Mississippi State. There's, Second year in a row. And to a team that is ten times worse than the team that, that beat us last year. This team is terrible. I mean, I know what that says about Arkansas, but Mississippi State is a terrible football team. And they they absolutely destroyed us in this game. In the Sorry. I, no, you're go. In the two years that we've had Morris and have played Mississippi State. You know what the score is between those two? It's like 102. 106 to 27. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. You come in two years. And, and, and again, not to take a page out of Chad Morris's book, but give credit to Mississippi State. Okay? Give credit to Mississippi. They've come in, in, they've come in, in twice in back-to-back years and laid more than 52, 50 points on us. Yeah, I mean, last year was understandable. It was the end of the season. We let go of the rope. This year makes no sense. This, I mean, Have we let go of the rope well, this year? I mean, it's hard not to think that they haven't let go of the rope, especially some guys. Now, there's there's at least a couple of guys I can promise you that hadn't let go of the rope. Traylon Burks, 
Uh, Traylon Burks is, is one of them. Rakeem Boyd is one of them. Those guys are still playing their hearts out. Scuda doesn't seem to. I will never role. criticize anyone that wears an Arkansas jersey. I will. <laughs> I won't bash. I won't at them on Twitter. Right. I won't boo them on the field. They're not being paid to play. They're playing because they want to. Mm-hmm. Some of them do. Mm-hmm. Some of them do. <laughs> Guys like Rakeem Boyd, Traylon Burks, Trey Knox. Oh, okay. Mm, I, I got it. I got him. Anyway, go with me here. Yeah, All I'm right. going with you. Went. Okay, let me back up. Oh boy. Let me back up and first say, <laughs> just delete last episode. Delete the whole five year. Oh, no, uh uh-uh, uh. No, 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 no. no. no, no. <laughs> Delete it. Look, I was, I was trying to give him credit. I was trying to give him some hope. But after what I saw and after how he reacted Saturday, fire him. I'm on that train now. Fire everybody but Barry Lunny Jr. Fire them all. Well, no, you got to start. You got to start over completely. I mean, it. it, it why, why, why fire Barry Lunny? Barry Lunny hadn't done anything. Barry Lunny, if anything, he's proven he's the most effective coach on the team. How? Sorry, I didn't mean to get high pitched. How? What's he proven? Rakeem Boyd. It's not Rakeem's fault he can't run. It's the offensive line not 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 opening uh, not opening the holes for him. Not blocking. Yeah, Lonnie's tied in. So oh wait, no, no wait. My bad. Just kidding. Yeah, I mean his his star pupil just got kicked off the team. But again, his number two. Ti- again, hang again. On. His is num- that? But wait, 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 wait. Is is O'Grady getting kicked off the team? But, Barry Lonnie's fault? But well, no. But anyway, my point is. Oh, trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jeff. Tra- uh, no. My point is this. I Look, look. Um, I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say the words. Oh, when we lose to Western Kentucky, because I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and call it now. I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm going to go ahead and call it now. There's no way from what I saw Saturday on the field that we have any chance to win any more games this year. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, how can you, how can you have any kind of, uh, any confidence at all that they're going to win again? We're going to get murdered by LSU. Yes, because we all know that's okay. going to happen. There, we have no defense, and, I, and again, coming up later in the show, I'm going to prove how we don't have a defense at all. And I get it. Chavis is Chavis was great when he was at LSU. He was great when he was at Tennessee. He was slightly mediocre at AM simply because of the players around him. And then you come to Arkansas and you crap the bed. Well, I mean, you don't coach up these players. And then you say, I don't know if you have the, the quote loaded, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. And then he comes out and he says, let's just be honest here. And he says, it was broken when we got here, and we haven't done uh, we haven't done what we needed to fast enough to fix it or something along those lines. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but it's taken you a year and a half to figure this out. Well, no, I don't think it's taken him a year and a half to figure it out. I mean, the so, problem. But, but, but my point is, is, why say it now? Well, because the pressure's on these guys at this point. I mean, here, and, and, and here's the pressure the thing, was but, on when we came into year two with a two and ten record. But, but here's the thing, and, and this is this is kind of what bugs me about some of the stuff that's been going on over the last couple of days, is you know, you, you, I, look, I'm as frustrated. This, this is a point I'm going to make in a little bit, but I'm as frustrated as anybody else about the the, the press conference etiquette of of, of uh, Chad Morris right now and the way he acts in press conferences, but. Fans are fans are complaining because he he throws coach speak out there and because nobody answers any questions. But then but then somebody like Chavis comes out and makes a comment like that, and I've seen 
I've seen ex-player Giovanni LaFrance, LaFrance retweeted a, that. I think it was it was on Twitter. I don't remember who yeah, he retweeted. Right, he retweeted right. a, a thing talking about how he was throwing guys under the bus. No, it's just true. Like, this defense was not good when he took over. Now, for those of us – hold on, hold on. For those of us, including me, that – Obviously, my brain's not working. But for those of us that don't know what exactly Coach Speak is, what is, what is Coach Speak? Well, I mean, just continuously saying what everybody what everybody wants to hear. In other what, words, that it's not not unacceptable. Yeah, and, that it's and, unacceptable. That they provided a spark. All the little all the little what's all the little the things. Spark. That, like I said on Twitter, if you want a spark? Spark. Take a spark to the man's contract and get rid of it. Like something. Do you but, have twelve million dollars? I don't need twelve million dollars. That's what those guys that uh, that agreed to that contract agreed to pay. So they're gonna have to. They're just gonna have to pay it. That's just how it works. That's true. So I, I, well, I, said, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I, no. I, for those of us that didn't know exactly what Coach Speak was, I wanted you to, to yeah. kind of. But so I just, I, I'm 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 frustrated to to some extent with the way the fan base reacts at times. I understand. Like we're 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 mad. We're frustrated, and you have every right to be upset. At, and people have every right to call for for Morris to be fired. I mean. What we've seen to this point is unacceptable, as Chad Morris likes to say. But but to go into a press conference and for people to get mad, you know, you know what? I wish the players would get mad that they're being that, that this crap's being said about them. I wish that they would get mad and actually do about it, something about it on the field, not get on Twitter and, and cry and then, oh, that was song well, lyrics. Okay. It ain't in song the, lyrics. Like the, just freaking just 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 do your damn job. Okay, but in the defense of players, okay, if a coach, if one of your coaches comes out and says that about you. Is that going to want to make you play harder on the field? Yeah. If really? My, if my if my boss or my coach or whatever comes and tells me that I'm not getting the job done, number one, I should be afraid that somebody behind me is going to take my job, Do which they're have? obviously not. I was going to say. I mean, but, look at the talent level. Right. It, and again, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from from these guys up here. Okay. But morale yes. morale on that team is just. If he comes out and says, I mean, look at look at Joe Craddock. Joe Craddock has but, continuously thrown the offensive line and the offense as a whole under the bus. But they should. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I I would actually be more refreshed if Chad Morris would come out and would say, hey, you know what? We we believed in Hicks. We want Hicks to be the guy, but he's not getting it done. Instead of, well, you know, I mean, he was, you know, he, he did some good things, but he wasn't very healthy. And I mean, I don't, I'm tired of hearing that crap. Like, just, just, and, and these players, quit coddling them. I'm sorry. You want to hit the transfer portal because your coach said something mean to you? Then go. I mean, th- th- that's soft, man. And we've got too many soft players on this team. It just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. The, the fan base is going to get upset no matter what happens at this point. And I saw somebody made a really good point on Twitter today. And we'll wrap this wrap this segment up with, with this. That once you get to a point where the fan base is arguing over everything you say or do, like, for instance, naming John Stephen Jones the starter. Okay, nobody wanted Hicks or Starkle, so he names John Stephen Jones. Well, now half the fan base is pissed off that it's not KJ. So it, 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 even though it's the right choice to start someone new, now the fan base is mad because it's not this guy. You're not getting this fan base back. That's his biggest issue right now. You're just not. And so, you know, that's the that's the most frustrating and concerning point, you know, as we, you know, as we as we go into these last 3 games. So, I don't know I don't know where this where this season's going to end up, but I, I don't see any possible way that Chad Morris is the head coach when it's Well, I've got I got a couple points I'm going to make later on in the show to kind of get your your opinion on it. Yeah. Um, but coming up next, oh, I got <sighs> questions for him. We got Hutch at NWA Hutch of hogbeat.com for the final time. 
But we'll find out why coming up next on Inside the Natural State. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Joining Zach and Steve is Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. We are now joined by Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. How's it going, Hutch? Going pretty good. It's going to be even better tomorrow when we uh, get basketball underway. I know. Woo pig. I'm so Yes. <laughs> I think I've completely checked out of football. How about you, Steve? I'm not checked out. I mean, it's like a bad bad car accident that I can't stop watching at times. So I'll, I'll still uh, yeah. watch. Yeah. So, Hutch, I, 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 I got to ask, what is <laughs> what is going through Chad Morris's mind? I mean, what do you think is going through Chad Morris's mind? I mean, he never, he never answered any of the questions at the press conference on Saturday. And today it wasn't much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I you got to think he's been feeling the pressure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be getting to him. I, I honestly just, you know, human to human, I, I feel bad for him because, you know, it, it's it's not going well, and you know, this has got to he's got to be miserable. Yes, he's got a lot of money, uh, which probably softens the blow a little bit, but it also still, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to win. Uh, he just isn't doing the things that you would think would give him the chance to win. And I, I just think that's just a matter of him uh, maybe being a little in over his head, I, I guess you could say. I, I hate to say that about a guy, especially a guy who's been you know, a college coach for several years and is, and is a coach in the SEC, you know, the, the height of his profession. Uh, but that just kind of is, is how, what it seems like right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's feeling the pressure and, and probably the last thing he wants to do is get in front of – people like me and, and my colleagues in the media and answer questions that he knows are, are not going to be softballs at this point because there's a lot of things that need to be asked about and he gets grilled pretty good and you know it, it, it can't be fun I, I'm, I'm sure how how frustrating is it though I mean because you know I, I, I listened today and I, of course I listened to the one on Saturday too but how frustrating is it from your perspective of asking those questions and, and he just dances around I'm like some of it just we were talking about this earlier, and, and one of the things about Morris that I liked when he was hired um, was his ability to talk football. You know, I mean, not to the extent of what Musk does with basketball, but but he would talk when he talks football, he gets excited. I know there's not a lot for him to be up there and raw, raw and excited about, but I mean, when you ask him a football-related question and he just bounces around it and starts talking about how great Traylon Burks is or something, which we all already knew, like how frustrating is that from your perspective? Well, it's extremely frustrating because it makes it difficult to do our jobs. I mean, what we're we're there to do is ask him questions that the public uh, wants answered and, and needs answers, and and he doesn't provide those answers. Uh, and, and I've been told by several people, you know, either on our message board or on Twitter or whatever, they're like, y'all need to, to grill him and not let him get off with his coach speak. And it's like, well, we can only do so much. He's not going to answer. We can't force him to say what we want them to say uh, as frustrating as that is so it, it, it's extremely frustrating and, and I am so thankful for guys like Eric Musselman in basketball he is phenomenal in interviews uh, Dave Van Horn in baseball has been that way for as long as I've been on the beat 
Uh, he's been just incredible interviews, very insightful. Uh, and, and Chad Morris, I mean, even from the beginning, I mean, he was pretty good. I mean, he was okay. Uh, but he's very, he's very cliche, uh, very coach speaky. That's just kind of how he is. Uh, and, you know, it, you don't necessarily have to be a great with the media when it comes to being a good coach. I mean, look at Bill Belichick. I mean, he's terrible with the media, but he's won a million Super Bowls. So it's not a requirement. But for people like me, it, it definitely helps when the coach is, is really good and understands, like, hey, I need to do this. I can convey a message to the fans. And, he, and he's done a really poor job of that, in my opinion, especially of late. Hutch, in his press conference on Saturday following the game, uh, he was asked about KJ and his the impact that he made and did he regret. I think he said something about regretting not playing KJ up to this point. And he said he, he kept the, the playbook simple. How did, from you guys' standpoint, how, how, I mean, what did you think about that comment? I mean, it, the playbook's not simple. Why, I mean... What makes it so hard for Hicks and Starkle to execute? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he was just trying to, to temper kind of the reaction uh, to how well he did the first time he stepped on the field. I mean, he took the offense down the, uh, the field in less than two minutes and scored a touchdown through a pass, long pass, and just looked not. I mean, it was about as perfect of a debut as you could have. And uh, he, I, I'm sure he knew that fans were going to be freaking out and going, well, why don't you play him earlier? And so he was probably trying his best to kind of temper the expectations and say, well, we kept it simple with him. And, and honestly, he said that, you know, about John Steven. He said that about Nick early in the season, whenever he was first, uh, you know, become, uh, taken over in the quarterback job. Uh, so it's something that he said in the past. Uh, it, it honestly feels like he's just trying to, really help us help out Ben Hicks and not make Ben Hicks seem as, as bad as he is. Uh, because, you know, he later in the press conference said that, you know, Ben Hicks, one of the reasons he struggled is because of so many drop passes. And which, upon further review, that really wasn't the case. I mean, there might have been one or two drop passes, two according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, so it, it, this is very weird, uh, very confusing that he would, you know, stick to Ben Hicks so much that it's, it might cost him his job because he hasn't made a switch to one of these other quarterbacks, whether it be John Steven or KJ. You know, if you want to preserve KJ's red shirt, that's fine. It's a perfectly legitimate excuse. I buy it. Uh, but why would you keep going back and forth between Nick and Ben whenever it becomes so painfully obvious that neither one of those guys are the answer? Yeah, I was. I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on that, the drop thing, because I, I didn't. I, I was. I had to listen to the first half of the game. We had a birthday party to go to, and. And I, I remember him saying that, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, I wasn't watching, but I sure don't remember Chuck talking much about drops. I remember him talking a lot about overthrows, but I don't remember a lot about drops. And then and then later, you know, was able to kind of confirm that just looking at the stats and stuff. So, why? I mean, do you really think that it's a, him trying to, to, to take up for Hicks, or is, does he really just not have any clue what the heck's going on out there? Yeah, I mean, I would like to think that he has a better clue than that because he, he has coached a lot of football. Yeah, he spent a lot of his careers at, at you know, the high school levels, but he was a very successful high school coach in Texas. So you feel like he should know football at least at that level. Uh, so I think it was just more of just trying to defend Ben because he, he probably sees the criticism. He hears the criticism. 
Ben struggles to complete half of his passes. You know, he's got a 48.5% completion percentage. It's not been good. Uh, but I just feel like he was maybe trying to defend him for whatever reason. Uh, and that's kind of the thing is, because even uh, according to Pro Football Focus, it was two drop passes. Even if you include those in his uh, completion percentage, he was still 6 of 13, which is less than 50%. That's still not good. Right. So I, I was a little baffled by that comment as well. So I listened to it live. I didn't remember any drop passes. Kind of like y'all. I, I, I didn't remember any. I remember like one that was partially driving. It was thrown behind the yep. receiver mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he wasn't able to catch it. It was a, definitely a catchable ball. But I don't know if I would necessarily consider it a drop just because it wasn't a great throw. So I, I don't know. Yeah. So another another thing that I found interesting too that I was reading another one of your articles. So um, tell us about this this uh, red shirt botch job that uh, that Morris has been able to, to 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 give us this year with some guys like Catalan and Latham. Yeah, this is this is pretty bad and uh, inexcusable in my opinion. I mean, the the new red shirt rule allows you to play a four game. Uh, we're getting ready to see the impact of that rule by getting a, a pretty good dose of KJ. We hope. Uh, Hudson Henry, Amante Spivey, uh, these last four games, because we haven't seen him any. You know, Malik Tavis on defense is another guy. Uh, so we're going to get to see these guys extended periods of, uh, of time, uh, and they're still going to get the red shirt. Well, we're not going to get to see uh, Jalen Catalan, except for maybe against Western Kentucky. They say he's going to play against Western Kentucky, but then after that, you got to shut him down to preserve his red shirt because he's already played in three games, even though he's played a total of five collegiate snaps. He played two kneel downs. He played two uh, snaps, actual meaningful snaps against San Jose State, but only two of them. And the most ridiculous of them all, a kickoff coverage snap against Kentucky. Uh, that's just three games. And he's got one left. And uh, I don't understand how he's botched it that much. Brady Latham's probably even a bigger deal because he's the backup left tackle and the backup left guard, assuming Austin Caps is healthy. So he's two in, one of two injuries away uh, from being on the field and being a starter. And he's only got one game left because he played a couple of kneel downs. He played a couple of meaningful snaps at the, or meaningless snaps at the end of the Mississippi State game uh, when he went in for Cunningham, who, at least as far as I know, was healthy. We haven't heard anything about him being injured. So it seemed to me pointless. Uh, so it, it's, just a, it's just a shame because those guys should be playing a lot here down the stretch. And we're not going to get to see it because of how they they botched it, and that was something I asked about uh, asked Chad about today myself, and he didn't answer the question. Yeah. Uh, just he goes back to what we were talking about earlier. How he doesn't answer questions, so just very very frustrating. And, and I finally felt compelled to, to write the column. I mean, it, it's something I've been keeping an eye on since the uh, Ole Miss game when Catalan played the kneel downs, and the uh, uh, Colorado State game when Latham and Limmer both played the kneel downs at the end of the game because I was like, you know, maybe if, if those guys play a lot, then they know that, you know, might as well get them some snaps here if they're going to play in like eight games. But here we are. They've only played in a handful with a handful of snaps and it looks like they're going to redshirt. And it's just just a total, total waste. And, and I hate it for those kids because it's a valuable, valuable learning experience. Yeah, it's it, it's it's extremely frustrating. So one other question, then I want to I want to ask you your thoughts on basketball. But um, what were your thoughts on on how Chavis handled himself today and what he said about the the defense being broken when he got here and they haven't fixed it? Yeah, I mean I, I know a lot of people have made a big deal about that comment, but 
I don't think he was wrong. I mean, the 2017 <laughs> defense when he when, when before he took over was statistically the worst defense in school history, both in terms of points allowed. Uh, that goes back to 1894 uh, when they started playing football, and in terms of yards allowed dating back to 1947, which is all we have on record. Worst statistical defense in the history, and that's after several years of uh, probably top five terrible defenses in school history so it was definitely broken when he got here the problem is is that he hasn't been able to get it fixed quickly enough they haven't really shown tangible improvements i thought we would see tangible improvements this year they're still like around 100th nationally or below 100th nationally in a lot of those defensive categories when i thought they would at least be in the 60 to 70 range like in the mediocre defense range and that would be an improvement people would still be upset but it would be an improvement, and they are—they are young. You know, that's what Ch- uh, Chavis talks about a lot. He's like, "That's not an excuse," but really, it is. Uh, and you know, it's just—I I don't get it. There's a few other things, you know, schematically that I don't understand. You know, why they stay in the nickel with an extra defensive back against run-heavy teams like Kentucky and Mississippi State. You know, that's stuff I don't understand. That's something I'd like to ask Chavis at some point. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was interesting that he said it like that because that was that was Chavis being honest. I mean, that was. I, I got to give it to him. He's a lot more honest than even Joe Craddock in his comments. They are a lot more honest than, than Chad Morris when talking to the media. Yeah, and I think that's funny. We talked about that a little bit too where the, the fan base that got – I think it was actually there was a few players that may have gotten their, their feelings hurt over that whole deal. But, um, I, I, you know, people get upset, I mean, myself included. Morris is coach speak and Craddock's, Craddock's coach speak. But then when a guy like – like Chavis says, what everybody knows and has seen, they get mad. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. What you got, Zach? Hutch. Exactly. Uh, I heard this earlier on the radio, and I wanted to know what you thought about it. the The whole Chad Morris not playing KJ. It, do you think that's got something to do with his son coming in next year and holding that spot for for, for Chandler? <laughs> oh goodness! I, look, I had to ask him. I had to ask him. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're wearing a tinfoil hat, that, that's, I, the, I, that's the case. But uh, I, I have a hard time believing that. I mean, I think Chad realizes, you know, he's got to win uh, because otherwise he's not going to be here when Chandler's here. Uh, so I feel like he's got, he, he truly felt, for whatever reason, that Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle gave him the best chance to win. Uh, that's just how he thought, believed, think he's crazy. But uh, that's what he truly believed. I don't think it had anything to do with his son. Uh, I think I think KJ. I've heard that both, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is. Son, I, I remember talking to his high school coach that you know he would really benefit from a redshirt year. Uh, he he was he's a little bit of a raw prospect, so I think that really truly was was the crux of it. Is that he just needed time to develop. Uh, you probably would have seen him a little bit earlier in the year if they had blown out Portland State or blown out Colorado State or San Jose State class that didn't happen and so now here we are four games left in the season and, and we're finally getting the end so I, I really think that's what what it all had to do with yeah I, I said this last week but I understood the reason well I, I understood Morris's thinking as to why he would start uh, Hicks in the Mississippi State game but it was so apparent after the first two drives that he needed to be pulled, and yet you still went seven series before you pulled him after a pick six. So well, he went he went two. I mean, Hicks went two three and outs back to I think there was three. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was very and, bad, and he was still going back in there. Um, one last question. We're going to jump to basketball. Hutch, 
we all know C.G. O'Grady is now officially gone off the team, whether he was dismissed or they came to a mutual agreement or what have you. My question is, is what kind of an impact does that leave on this team, if, if any, at this point? Um, not only in the tight ends room, but, but as the team as a whole, because he was a senior leader-ish. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an impact. I think more than anything, it's just an impact on the offense because he was arguably your best offensive weapon, uh, maybe along with uh, Raheem Boyd at running back. So that's where the biggest impact is. Uh, you know, it, it would be nice for, for John Stephen and KJ to both have that kind of target, that kind of safety net to go to uh, when they're you know trying to you know throw into the wolves as starters. Uh, but uh, as far as leadership goes, I don't know if he was necessarily a huge uh, leader on the team. It wasn't like it was Scuda or if it was Sosa or someone like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely an impact on the offense. Uh, more than anything, I think it's good. If, if there is a positive side of it, maybe we get to see even a little bit more Hudson Henry uh, than we would have anyways because there's not a guy like like CJ taking those passes. Uh, hopefully you'd like to think that Hudson takes over some of those uh, as well uh, from guys like Chase Harrell uh, and Grayson Gunter. So I, that's kind of how I see that impacting Arkansas, at least just for these, for these last three games. So in terms of basketball, I don't have a lot for you. Um, what So what are your thoughts on the way this season goes? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but – a range where you think this team ends up. You just did put him on the spot. And, well, I mean, it's yeah, just a range. I don't need that. We're not going to hold him to it, but a range of how many wins you think this basketball team can get this year. And then, um, um, forgot the second part of my question. That works. The range of, or no, what, what, how do you think the game plays out tomorrow? What, what do we need to watch for in the game tomorrow? Well, I think tomorrow, more than anything, you just want to see Arkansas go and take care of business. Uh, you know, Rice is a team that lost its exhibition games at Division II school. I think I saw that Arkansas is an 18-point favorite. Uh, so you'd like to see Arkansas go out and win by about 20, uh, like they should. You know, that's something that we have you know, taken for granted uh, in, in football, and it's come back to bite them. But in basketball, I think you need you need to take care of business. As far as big picture-wise, I, I struggle to say this is an NCAA tournament team like a lot of people are, are kind of hoping and expecting. Uh, I think if you're expecting an NCAA tournament trip, you're probably going to be disappointed. I think this team's capable of making the NIT. I think it's going to be a team that is capable of knocking off a team it shouldn't beat, but I also think it's capable of losing to a team it shouldn't lose to because uh, they're going to be so reliant on the three-pointer. When you live and die by the three-pointer, uh, it could go very, very well for you or it could go very, very poorly for you. So. It's going to be an up-and-down year, but a very exciting year, and I think that uh, Musselman has, has got the program going in a positive direction, uh, even even if they don't make the postseason this year, just because uh, he's doing some good things on the recruiting trail. He's doing things you know, great. He's great with PR. Fans are, are buying back into the program uh, as you know interest to kind of wane in recent years. So uh, I, I like what the basketball team looks like, but I don't necessarily have the expectation of the NCAA tournament. Uh, if Connor Vanover ever gets cleared, uh, if he ever gets a decision, if the NCAA ever gets off his hands, uh, then maybe they have an outside shot at the NCAA tournament. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, I see it as a, a borderline NIT team who could potentially surprise us and, and 
weekend in the NCAA tournament. So if Vanover gets eligible and Kyrie Walker shows up at semester as this tournament team, just throwing what ifs out there. Wow. Talk about not putting him <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> I mean, that would that would definitely be worth a few more uh, a few more wins, I think. So uh, you wonder if, if a guy joins midterm like Kyrie Walker, you know, how would it you know impact the, the gel of the team or whatever. Uh, but he's, he seems to be a really talented guy. Uh, and Vanover, I think, is the biggest key. I think he would be worth three or four games himself. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think if those two guys joined the, the team or were eligible, it could be an NCAA tournament team. But I still am kind of, you know, you know, counting. You know, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. Yeah, right. Well, Hutch, we'll let you uh, get to your, uh, your, your shopping trip there. Uh, appreciate you joining us. And, uh, and uh, you know, good luck with that, uh, that baby. Being that this is the final time, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Congratulations, you two. It's going to be a fun ride. I've got a 10-year-old of my own. And uh, you, All right, you, you're guys, in I, some adventures, my man. Yep, enjoy every I second. I appreciate it. We're, we're definitely looking forward to it. I'll talk to you all later. All right, thanks, thanks Hutch. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley Spring Water. Back to the source. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Zach and Steve here with you. Steve, man, we're, we're beating a dead drum here, man. Ooh, dead drum? Dead dead, drum. dead, dead, dead horse. horse. Dead. There you go. <laughs> Peter's going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me with my, we back in the mode last week or whatever the heck that stuff was. That uh, was hilarious. That's what happens no, when you talk uh, and you talk and you talk in circles. Look, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I don't, I don't know how you feel, but apathy has completely set in for me as far as football. Man, I'm not apathetic yet. I... Well, like I said, y'all y'all know how 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 uh, animated I got when we watched games at Boudreaux's. And uh, by the way, I want to shout out to Boudreaux's Bar and Grill for the last three years of, of putting up with my craziness. Um, I appreciate everything they did for us um, and, and uh, great staff over there. So go check them out. Uh, but but I I just kind of sat in my my seat well, the whole game. I mean I. It's understandable, though. I mean, there's nothing. There was nothing in that game to get excited about, except for when KJ came in, and then that drive was awesome. So oh, that was that was uh, that was probably the most animated I got. Was yeah, yeah. I mean, right, I did too. Down. I mean, I was screaming at my TV and, and yelling at the house. But, but and that has, was about the only time I did, other than yelling and cussing at do, stuff. Yeah. Do you think the rest of the fan base has just kind of said? basketball starts tomorrow <laughs> well i mean the crowd that showed up on saturday shows you where the apathy level and, and and maybe not so much apathy i mean i i don't i think it's it's an it's a level of anger that i don't know that we're really um really uh, we don't we can't really appreciate when you when you think about just how bad it's been well so, when morris comes out and guarantees a win against he Mississippi guarantee a State. win stop it <laughs> um he's looking for a spork 
All right, oh, Sparky. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's not it's not surprising. And, and look, let's be real. I mean, I know people are going to say that. Oh, how are you going to feel bad for a guy that's going to get paid ten million dollars for failing? Actually, I, just, I think it's twelve. I, either way, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of money. And I don't. I'm not. Uh, yeah, sure, he's going to get paid. That whatever. But I do kind of feel bad because I really do think that Morris, at, from a coaching perspective, and people probably are going to are going to drive off the road. Please don't. But people are going to lose their minds when I say this. But I do think Chad Morris is a good coach. He's not. Yeah. He's not the leader of an SEC program right now. No. And, and, and a lot of it is his lack of ability to hold people accountable. We just talked about that. I'm not going to keep going into it. but I, I've got one point to make on accountability. Yeah. Okay. Florida State is all I'm saying. Uh, I mean. They, no, no, no. They fired uh, Willie Taggart. That's his name? Yeah. You're yeah. right. Uh, 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 nine and 12. Yeah. No, I get that, and 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 that's fine and dandy. And their their boosters raised eighteen million dollars to pay him off. So and, my question to you is, when are they going to sign the check for Morris? Well, again, I think we have we have the twelve million dollars. I mean, or ten million, or whatever the number is. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not a matter of whether or not they can come up with the. And money. no, for those of you listening, we are not paying Bielema anymore. Well, we're going to pay him something. We're just not paying him anything currently, but and. And and we are technically paying because that money's got to go to escrow. But regardless, uh, I mean, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy in, in this sense that I do feel like that he's a good coach. And I do feel like that he has a plan. I just don't feel like he knows how to execute said plan. I also don't know that he was put into a – I don't know that he was put into a winnable situation. When you think about this scenario and, and how bad things were and, and you're bringing a guy in that doesn't um, – that, that it's really he's never had to do this at this level. He's never had to to put together a staff that needed that the, the amount of talent that is needed on a coaching staff to one get the amount of talent he needs, but also to coach up the talent or lack thereof that's on campus right now. Good coaches, good assistants will take average players and and make them a little above average. And so, from my perspective, it's you know. And then, and then when the fan base is is going to be so quick to turn, and 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 again, I'm not I'm not blaming the fan base. It's it's you know it's completely understandable where this fan where we are as a fan base and why we're so upset. I, I have no problem with that. It's just I feel bad in the perspective from the perspective that Morris I think has a good plan, but I think it's 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 like a ten year plan. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's just it's just not. We're, gonna we're not going to go there, Steve. But, but hey, listen, the other thing to think about. I mean, they came out of this game. And as bad as it was, I don't know. I mean, I know I follow recruiting a lot more than you, but um, every single recruit. Now, again, this could be recruit speak. I mean, we want to talk coach speak, but this could just be them saying what they want. Every single recruit talked about how good of a time they had on the hill, mm-hmm. that everything they had, they loved. They loved the facilities. They loved everything about it. Um, and so we even got a commit out of it. Yeah, I mean, we walked away with a commit out of it. And sometimes a guy that was I'll, a guy that had offers from Alabama and LSU. Sometimes I wonder. What he was actually watching on Saturday, but hey, well, we got to commit. Maybe, so I'm not gonna. I'm not maybe gonna... he was watching the fact that he knew that he was going to be able to play if he commits to the University of Arkansas. I wanted to ask you this: um, Do you remember in his introductory press conference many years ago, two and a half? Feels like it. Yeah, right. When he said, "You're not gonna have to tell me go, or you won't have to tell me go. You might have to tell me whoa, but you yeah. won't have to tell me go." Um, Chad, if you're listening, um, go. <laughs> He's tried to go a few times. Please? I mean, um, let, let's yeah. go, man. I mean, 
But again, there, there's reasons, and I still believe there's reasons behind it. And it's it's not just coaching, but it is a lot of coaching. But it's yeah. a, there's there's a lot of other issues, obviously. Um, a couple things that I just I, I wanted to talk about that kind of bugged me a little bit. That's 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 bugged me some more is um, we start talking about Morris. So Morris's etiquette um, in press conferences. We talked about it with Hutch. We talked about his inability to answer questions and, and to sidestep things. You know, everybody got upset. And this this is going to go a little further into my, my worries about whether, you know, how – I know I said he's a good coach, but some of the things that I wonder about him and, and how he's tried to implement things. So Marcus Elliott on on, on uh, the buzz the other night on the postgame, he went on an epic rant about this comment. And I understand where he was coming from to, to – Before you get, jump in, Will, I think we've got that – Oh, well, I, I think we've got that that comment he's talking about loaded, do we? Um, uh, you're talking about the KJ comment, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the KJ comment. This is this this is the comment I'm talking about. Yeah, Chad, specifically, what what'd you like about KJ? I realize it was late in a lopsided game, and they didn't have all their starters out there. But uh, how do you think he played? He seemed like he really the, the stadium was excited. And um, and do, do you have any regrets about not playing him maybe earlier in the season based on how he played? Oh, you know, I don't have any regrets of not playing him earlier in the season. I, I thought he played well today. Um, I thought he did some. Um, you know, we we were we kept it as simple as possible with him. But I thought he did. I thought he did a really good job. Obviously, he let us down. Had a big run and scored a touchdown. I thought it was, uh, you know, pretty pretty impressive for your first drive. So okay, so people have lost their mind over this comment, and I don't have a problem with this comment. What I have a problem with is, and, and I don't have the problem that. Marcus Elliott had, and, and basically he felt that he was he was calling KJ dumb, and I think some other people have ran with that narrative. I think most people have ran it as as, and I'm, I'm gonna say this, and people please don't wreck your car. They've ran the race card with it. They have, but I don't, and, and that's that's been that's happened a few times. Yeah, before. but but I don't. I mean, I don't I don't see I don't I don't I don't make the correlation between that. I think there, I, I think I'm more no. on the side of. The, the simplicity of the playbook by quarterback thing. I, I why why is Hicks and Starkle's playbook different than KJ's and, and, and JSJ's? Okay, one I I think I think Zach spends a lot of time in like the ten full hat society of the Razorback fan base on, on social media because so <laughs> you 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 like to jump on some of these see these obscure things that the that the fan base is, well, is throwing out there. Some but of them are kind of the, intriguing. It is, but I mean it's that 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 whole uh, race and, thing has been thrown out before. But and, here's and you put me in in my place. No, but here's my concern. Here's my issue. There is. Um, I don't, I don't, so number one, I don't think he was calling KJ dumb because this is the first time he's made this comment. He's made this comment about multiple players over multiple, t- over, over the last two years that he's been here. And this isn't the first time that he's made that comment, but here's my question to Chad Morris. Are these, are you having to quote unquote dumb down? I mean, for lack of a better word, are you having to dumb down the playbook because the players can't learn it? Or are you having to dumb down the playbook because your playbook is too difficult. Because what I don't understand is how guys that have been in this system nine games or how guys have been in this system for 21 games, how these guys don't know your system. Well, it, it, There's no reason why a guy like K.J. Jefferson should have to have a dumbed-down version of your playbook 
if he's been here for nine games, he was in your fall camp. Well, I understand that he's not going to know the full setup. He's not going to know everything he is because he's a freshman. He's on. He's in information overload. But he's an RPO quarterback. This offense shouldn't be that difficult. This, these guys should not not know how to do their jobs at this point in the season. So either you can't coach it or it's too difficult for your players to learn. And honestly, I think it's a mix of the both. I think that you've, I you've created something that's, that's overly – it's overcomplicated for these guys to try to figure out their different schemes and where they're supposed to be. And so, but, but the thing is, is when he comes out in a press conference, and this goes back to his etiquette, when he goes into a press conference and he doesn't answer questions, he refuses to answer football-related questions. These aren't hard questions. These aren't, you know, Bob Holt throws softballs at him over and over and over. I love Bob And Holt. I love Bob, but Bob throws softballs with every question. But guys like Hutch, guys like Trey Biddy, and, and I... I, I Trey Biddy asked some pretty difficult questions. Yeah. And he sidestepped. What did he ask? Like two of he them? He asked two really good ones. He asked another one today that he, that he sidestepped. Oh, he would side, sidestepped it. But I want to ask you this. Going back on the simplicity of the playbook with KJ, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. When he took off on his run, do you can you can you can't tell me that was a designed run play for KJ. It was. It was the RPO. That was the that was the play call. It was either give it to the back. If you watch, okay, this is the and, and this is the simplicity of the RPO. Like, this is what I don't understand. Now, maybe the offensive line schemes are, are a little difficult. Right. And, and blocking schemes can be difficult. I understand that because you got to know where you got to go. But from the quarterback's perspective, it's all eyes. It's all it's all in your head. It's all knowing what each guy's going to do. And, and it was very simple on that four-play drive. K.J. knew exactly what he was supposed to do. If you watch on the very first play, he, he, he sticks the ball in Boyd's gut, holds it there. The defensive end and the outside linebacker both crash. To, to, because we give it to Boyd every time on that play. Yeah. So they all crash on Boyd, and the middle of the field is wide open. KJ made the right read, unlike Hicks, unlike Starkle, and even unlike John Steven. And let me – and here's – and I'm, I want to – sorry, I'm going to jump off a little bit here. But no, go ahead. While, while, Leap. While, while I'm happy well, – not happy because this is our sixth different starting quarterback since, mm-hmm. since, since this man took over – but while I'm happy that we're making another move outside of Hicks and Stark and we're finally moving on from that experiment, why is John Stephen Jones the starter? Okay, look, I, look, I, I get it. The guy is he's he's paid his dues. He's he's created a hair little bit of excitement. But the one play, and maybe he has a little different. Maybe it's a little different against against Western Kentucky. But the one play to me that 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 shows that he is not an SEC level. Forget his size. Forget all of that. And, and the throw he made to, made to Mike Woods was impressive for the touchdown on fourth down. But the one play that tells me that he cannot run this offense as it needs to be run right now was a play, I believe it was in the third, and it was an RPO, and John Steven keeps it. Or it was a pass play, and he, he scrambled to the left, and he had nothing but green grass. And he... Any quarterback or any player with, with good speed would have rounded the corner and picked up 10 to 12 yards. And it, I mean, he had daylight for days, all green grass. And then he doesn't get back to the line. So he barely gets back to the line of scrimmage because the defensive end takes an angle and cuts him off and pushes him out of bounds before he can ever even get – a defensive end ran him down. Now, again, I'm not trying to down – Yeah, I remember that one. I'm not trying to downplay John Steven. I think the guy has earned an opportunity to start here. I'll give him, I'll give him that. He's, 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 he's bought his time. He's been the, the, the low man on the totem pole through Cole Kelly, through Ty Story, through Connor Nolan, John, you know, to, through Ben Hicks, Nick Starkle. I mean, and even everybody still wants KJ over him. So, I mean, I, but, but I'm, the decision-making at this point is – why? Like, John Steven Jones is obviously not the future of this program. 
KJ Jefferson is the future of this program. If you want to create excitement, we talked about this last week. You got to play the guy. You got to start him. I know he said they're going to play him a lot, but you got to start this guy. This guy's got to be out there playing as many snaps as possible in a game like this. Because what are you going to do? Start him against LSU? Like, why would you not start him in this game? I, I don't, I don't get it. I got nothing. Yeah. So I, I mean, really do. I got nothing. On so, that. so, um, and I remember that play you were talking about too. I, I, the only thing I can think of as far as even slightly coming up with an answer as far as why they're starting John Stephen Jones, KJ's not ready. <laughs> but he is. I, I mean, I, that's and, the excuse they're going to go with. And again, we had seven snaps. We had seven snaps of KJ. So. So but it's, what what did those but 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 what did those seven snaps produce? Well, four produced a four of them produced a touchdown, and then the other three produced lost yardage, an incompletion, and a fumble. So I mean, it's not like I mean, again, the, that that one drive was awesome. That was that a lot was, of fun. Uh, I mean, it was and I and Traylon Burks was a excited. catch around the defender. Yeah, but right. and, and again, let's now that was a was back. That, it was, was a back that, shoulder that was throw. Traylon, wasn't it? it was Traylon. Okay. It was a back shoulder throw. And I contend, and people have said they didn't think it was a good throw. I, the throw was too far inside for, for a good back shoulder throw. But realistically, the, the ball was put mostly where it needed to be. The corner literally just ran through Traylon. I mean, yeah. it should have been a flag for pass interference, number one. But it, I thought it was a – there's been a lot of people that have kind of said, I eh, know it was a lucky play. I don't know. I mean, I Whether thought Whether it was KJ, luck or not, that was a yeah, damn he, good he play. He probably should have put a little more air under it and got it a little closer to the sideline. But to, to, to really make sure that you're going to get a, good, a catch out of that. But I thought it was a good decision. And then, and then the, next, you know, the next one when he fakes the RPO or fakes the run and runs up the middle for the touchdown. So, so who do you start against LSU? Well, I don't know. I mean, we can't answer ben that. Ben Starkle or Nick Hicks? Yeah, neither. No, neither one of those guys but should ever that, see the but, field again. But, but you know that's going to happen. No, I don't against, think it will. I don't think it will. You're going to throw a freshman quarterback out there yes. against LSU? Yes. The LSU's defense is not that great, and they just lost Michael Divinity today. So. Yeah, their uh, best linebacker oh, yeah. just got okay. kicked off yeah, the team today. So I mean, they're they're not. And and here's the other thing. And again, I'm not I'm not I'm not making a suggestion that we have any chance of beating LSU. But this is something that's said a lot year over year. And um and and this is this is one of those deals. Um, as we go into this game, it's it's important to remember how big of a game LSU is going to be coming off of. This is LSU Bama week. And you're gonna have oh it is yeah and so <laughs> that the week that you play well you gotta I guess you get they gotta we have a buy in between yeah we gotta buy next week so I guess technically they're gonna have some time to I don't know who they don't who they play after Alabama is it bad is is it bad that that I'm I'm cheering for LSU against Bama this week is it is that a bad thing I will never cheer for LSU in anything ever I just no. I hate Bama that much I hate but uh, man we've we. <laughs> We've beaten a dead horse for nine weeks now. You realize that? We have, but I mean, that's this is what we've been given. So, I, I want to get I, I want to get Will involved. Will, are you over there, buddy? Yes, I'm here. What's up, man? You've been kind of quiet all show. You you good? I'm just ready for this to be over with. <sighs> Tell me about it. All right. So, so you had you wanted to pose a question uh, during our little break. Um, what what was your question that you wanted to pose to me and Steve? What are your two biggest reasons why Morris needs to be fired? Ooh. I'm going to let you take this because last week you were the five-year guy. I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to. You're not going to let me live that down, are you? I'm not. I'm not at all. You're not going to let me live that down at all. Will's not going to let me live it down. Watch, he'll be here five years. He's going to – some magical something, some (sighs) magical football fairy is going to come down. But but after what I saw in person last week or or two days ago – 
I, I don't I, I can't even I can't even back my own plan up now. Right. Well, I can't. No, nobody can. So so give us your two reasons after what you saw. Well, I mean, you hire a high school coach, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, he even your... but he even said, he even said, I'm I'm just a high school coach. He he doesn't hold anybody accountable. Okay. Anybody. So um, accountability. Accountability and and <laughs> I he he's got a and I know we talked about this earlier in, in, in the show many, many weeks ago when all of this controversy around the quarterback started where it was one quarterback, two quarterback, one quarterback, two quarterback, where it was Hicks or Starkle, Hicks or Starkle. He's got a loyalty problem. He doesn't, he doesn't hold, to me, as a fan, and again, I know, I know just as much as you do, I know just as much as Will does, but as an average fan who, who sometimes pays to go to games or just sits on my couch and watches it here, he doesn't hold up to his word that he says he's going to build a program around the talent that he has. Yeah, I mean, he I, has I, a loyalty problem with Ben Hicks, and I said that weeks ago. So, I, I, I could go on and on and on about why. Two reasons. I don't think he's SEC caliber. Okay, and he has he, no accountability. There. Okay. Two. Fair Steve. enough. Steve. So. So my number one reason is the lack of development. So I it's it's not just so I know some people are gonna there's there's certain people that are out there in social media that it's like they wanna throw the you know, where they're young and, and they're and, and we well, got they a bunch are. of we got a bunch of Belama guys and Okay, I get it. We got some Belama guys and this is a young team. Fine, I understand that. Nick Starkle and 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 Ben Hicks are not either one of those. Um, several of these offensive linemen that have played are not either one of the. I mean, they're young, but but you, you've gone through. You've now you're fixing to start your sixth quarterback. You're fixing you're fixing to start your sixth quarterback in less than two full seasons. We've now played seven. I think well, we've played seven total quarterbacks, counting KJ, right? So you've played you've you've played Ty yeah. Story, Cole Kelly, Connor Nolan. John Stephen Jones, Ben Hicks, Nick Starkle. KJ. Well, and now, okay, so, yeah, and, and KJ. So, you've played seven different quarterbacks. You forgot uh, Dalton Hyatt. He did play a few snaps. When? Last year. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he sure did. He, he played a, he played a few snaps. Season. He, played a, he played a but few snaps. But technically, snap. he is a quarterback that did play. He is a quarterback. So, and now he's so, a, now he's okay, a, so if you want to go that far, then you can say, when you add in. Jack Lindsay. Sure. But, well, but he has Traylon Burks. Yeah, he has Jack yeah. Lindsay. Jack Lindsay, I think, took a snap. Mm. Yeah, he took a snap sometime last year because well, let's just all quarterbacks. But either play. way, either way, he's but played seven quarterbacks. You're talking about starters, though. Yeah, and, and you've not developed one. You've not developed one of those quarterbacks to be a starter for multiple games at this point. So that's my number one reason is the lack of development. <laughs> you can't have this bad of lack. You cannot have this 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 poor of development within a program that's this broken. And so that's my number one reason is his, his lack of, of player development to this point. Um, and then number two is honestly, I, his, so this, his lack of, or I guess maybe tone deaf is the, is the right way to put it. His, <laughs> he's, he's tone deaf towards this fan base. So, and, and look, I, that's, a, that's a first. I don't think you've ever used that on the show at all. But, but he is. I mean, when you see, look at the tone of this fan base and where this fan base is. And honestly, I think he could... I don't know that he could salvage, but I think he could have salvaged it weeks ago 
if he would have just come out and been more professional and more open in his press conferences. Did y'all hear the booze? Did you hear the booze on TV? Yeah, absolutely. Or the, did they, did they, when you listen to the first half, I don't think there was much in the second. But Yeah, every, I mean, every time Hicks went out, you could hear it. So I Okay, mean, so I did, it, it wasn't just during breaks and all that. Okay. No, 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 you could hear it as they came back. But, I mean, so, so from that perspective, you know, that's – that would be my two main reasons for the for the man needing to be fired. Okay, so since well, I pose that, yes, I know you're coming back to me. So, and my first reason, and this is my biggest one, this really just frustrates me, is the way he's like Hutch said he botched the the red shirts of several players. Yeah, uh, Jalen Catalan, you know Morris said all through his recruitment and when he was signed that he was one of the best football players he'd ever seen or recruited. And, yes, he had, what, he tore his ACL in his senior year, and that can be tricky to to recover from. But, again, he played. Okay, so if he's recovering from an ACL injury, you you redshirt him. You do not put him in the game against Ole Miss for a kneel down at the end of the game. You don't put him in for one or two plays against another team and we're now at game number 10 in the season, and he only has one game left to actually play and to develop any kind of game experience. So, and then you go even further, you go to KJ, and, and I was listening to one of the radio stations this evening coming up here, and, um, you know, someone posed the questions that they would ask. Uh, they would ask, and they would say, or they, they said they'd ask, you know, would KJ have helped us beat Kentucky? I think he would have, yes. Would he have helped us beat uh, San Jose State? Yes. So, and then, you know, we very well could be sitting here at looking at getting our fifth win this season and potentially getting a sixth win against a Missouri team that's not playing very well. So, just by putting in KJ for a little bit. You know, that RPO is a game changer in college football. And it has it has been for every team that's ran it, like Clemson, and even back whenever they weren't, you know, as talented as they are now. So I, I think that that just the whole way he's handled the red shirts. And then my second reason would really have to be the way, he, kind of Steve said, is handling the quarterbacks. I mean... Yeah. As, as a coach, I mean, come on, look at what Petrino did with Casey Dick. A quarterback that struggled under <laughs> under uh, Nutt, he came out, and yeah, he was replaced for a couple of games, and his younger brother replaced him. But he came back, and he threw for like 300 yards against LSU in his in his career finale in Little Rock for, you know, what's called... Miracle on Markham too, but anyways, Casey Dick was a Bobby Petrino dude. Yeah, his his senior year was Petrino's first year. Yep. Yeah, he threw that pass to Lone Crawford. For oh, I, I second, remember. Yeah, I remember Miracle on the Markham too. I just didn't realize it was Bobby that that yeah, was so, the coach. So if if Petrino can come in year one and make a serviceable year with with Casey Dick, and that's not, not saying anything bad about Casey Dick. He just wasn't a great quarterback under Nut and. So I think if he can come in and do that in one year, even if it is with Joe Adams and Jerry Wright and everyone who didn't have great freshman years, then they should be able to. What are you laughing about? Uh, okay. Well, I'm just I'm just tired and frustrated about this whole thing. And he 
he won't admit to any of the faults. I guess reason three. Because, yes, I'm kind of going on a little rant here. You're fine. I got one more point. I ju- it just dawned on me uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll get in just a second. Okay. Well, I just, I mean, the fan base is mad, and he's not getting getting us back. So, um, let's pay that buyout and go get Mike Leach. Come on. Bring the Pirate to Arkansas. Did y'all realize... That and this is right, we're wrapping up here because we're gonna, I'll get y'all's final thoughts here in just a minute. Did y'all realize? Here's my final thought. Here's did y'all realize that we're gonna be playing two former Razorbacks before the end of the season? Uh, Ty Story, a quarterback for Western Kentucky, and then Jonathan Nance, a wide receiver again, uh, uh, with Missouri. Yeah. How bad would it look if Ty Story comes in and just throws an ungodly number on us? Which I, at this point, it's very well possible that he can do. Okay. Our secondary is just. Can you blame me for thinking that? No, I'm with you. I was. I, and then, yeah. and then Jonathan and Nance coming in and just having an ungodly day inside of War Memorial. How yeah, bad happened? How, how bad is it going to look on a guy that against his former coach and his former team? Well, so the the Nance thing, I'm not. He was he was gone no matter what. I'm not worried about that part. That that piece is what it is. Now the 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 the, the story thing actually takes on a little bit of an interesting twist. When you think about what Morris said in the press conference today, so it's another another press conference gaffe, I think, by Morris, where he they were at, they asked him about the um, the situation with Story and him coming back and all that, and he said, "Well, you know, we we we, we didn't want Ty to leave, and, and we sat down with his family, and and we wanted him to stay, but he wanted to go somewhere where he could be a starter." Okay, um, a why would he stay here to ride the pine between behind? behind Two really crappy quarterbacks that you brought in, so you know why. And then number two, why even why even say that? Why at this point this is this is where and it's crazy because when you think about it, it's something I want to bring up with Hutch too was you think about this this the the university hires like media relations people that that work with the players on how to speak at a press conference. I haven't met the football ones, but I have met the ones that handle Coach uh, Musselman and his, and and his players. But but the thing is, is and they're tight lipped. Yeah, I mean, they're but they they employ these people that that tell the that teach the players how to be how to handle themselves mm-hmm. in an interview. Who the hell is teaching Chad Morris how to handle <laughs> himself in an interview? But, like he should have his own media relations person standing right next to him at every interview, going, "Don't say that. Say this." Mm-hmm. Like honestly, because it makes no sense. The things he says. All he had to say in that situation was. We're really happy to see Ty in a mm-hmm. situation where he's doing well. Um, honestly, we hope, and this would have this would have gained a lot of a lot of traction for him from the fan base. I mean, well, maybe not at this point, but you know, it's kind of like the tweet I put out over the weekend during the game when KJ had that big play, and I said, and I said, uh, I said, man, that that drive by KJ was just enough to save Morris his his his, his had career this at Arkansas months ago. Had this happened eight weeks ago, you know. But but here's here's uh, Will, Will's got a point. Uh, oh, well, I just wanted to come back together about press conferences. So I was listening to the radio station again, which probably shouldn't do. There were a lot of idiots on there uh, that call in. But um, that, that. someone made a good point here. Uh, you just call them idiots and well, they're making no, a good no, point? The, the call-in people are idiots. Yeah. And not all the hosts are idiots. A couple of them are, but that's in a ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Rick Schaefer, uh, they were talking about your check at his press conferences. And Schaefer said that in the years he was up there on campus... As the SID? Yeah, I think so. 
the AD was never at the post game press conference. Did you see? There's a picture floating That's, around Twitter. Yeah, of him. Of him just looking completely dejected, like a kid that had his puppy ran <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, but, wow. So that man. just makes you wonder. Okay, how ticked off is Juracek? How you know what what's going through his mind when you know, like Schaefer said, all the years, and he was up there for. 30 years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, Frank was never there. Yeah, because he had the confidence, I think, in his coach. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, your check doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's so. obvious. Going back on your point about Ty's story, though, Steve, why why would he ride the pine? If he stayed, he's obviously going to be behind Hicks and Starkle. Right. But we'd never see KJ. If that were true, if, if, he, if he stayed, I doubt we'd ever see KJ. Well, I, I don't know, mate. We probably well. Who knows, uh, who knows well, what happens in that scenario? Now we're, I don't now know, we're, but, now but we're again, going down rabbit holes. Yeah, but I mean, of, again, of what my, ifs and, and everything else. My point is that there that that didn't even need to be said. Again, no. he could have come out and said, "We we appreciate you know we're we're excited for Ty to get to come back to his home state and and and, and play a game. Um, you know, we you know we've watched what he's done at Western Kentucky. We're glad he's had some success. We hope he doesn't have any against us. I mean, that's all you got to say. Yeah. You know, I mean. And 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 you know we're and again then then move on to your coach speak because what you said sets you up for a situation that we don't know what could be said again. There, there's been a lot of stuff said on Twitter from from players from player parents. So I mean, mm. there's obviously some some other turmoil going on, which is to be expected when you're having a bad season. So I mean, done beating a dead horse. I'm I'm, I'm done done chasing. Basketball this. starts tomorrow. Basketball is tomorrow. <laughs> um, Everybody's like, is there a silver lining in any of this? Yeah, basketball starts tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get to we'll get to to get excited and watch but some stuff. What I we'll, what I want to caution the fan base and and of course myself and the three of us, two of us that are here, three of us. Good lord, I can't count. Um. For me, expectations are kind of low this year for basketball. Yeah. Um, and we'll jump into that, you know, next week or whatever. But, uh, guys, I guess all I can say is basketball starts tomorrow. Just hold on. Baseball starts February 14th. So, any, this, this. Any final thoughts over there, Will? Bloody pulp of a football season's finally coming no, to a close. Just fire him. Just get rid of him. Just go. <laughs> just get. Come on. I mean. Get the money together. I mean, there was rumors about, you know, uh, meetings going on and all this bull crap. I mean, they're talking about having a vote from the Razorback Foundation that if they're going to, you know, pay the buyout. Well, there's no vote that's needed because when they signed that contract that Morris signed whenever he was hired, it says the Razorback Foundation is the third-party guarantor of the pay it or the buyout. Yeah, they're paying so, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, it's just up to when Hunter gets the green light or whatever from the BOT or whoever he gets. I just, I don't, I don't, I have never, I, I've never seen us sink this low. Well, I've, I've, and, and, and any of them, I mean, and, in any of the major sports. Okay, I've, and let me just say this. We are not this horrible because we switched from Coke to Pepsi. Yes, we right? are. <laughs> yes, no, we are. No, yes, we are. Then why is Bama so good? But it's just fun to Do you really about. have to ask that question? They had Pepsi. Then, okay. Up if, until last year, and then they got ah, blown out. <laughs> then they got blown <laughs> out by Clemson in the championship when they got back to Coke. Ah! You just totally blew my whole point. I know. <laughs> Screw you, Will. Anyway, oh. Steve-O, you got any final thoughts, big man? I got a lot. Fire him. Final thoughts. Fire him. <laughs> Get rid of him. Go, go, go. Yeah. Wait, wait. 
Left lane hammered Can, down. I, oh. I know we're in the closing. That I know we're in the closing moments, and and I just I want to make one point. Q-tip. Dang. He has gone all show without saying the Niners are the only undefeated team in the NFL. Because this is about the Hogs. Yeah, but this is Steve we're talking about. Hey. And the Cowboys are playing right now. And, and getting their butts and shut horrible. up, dude. Handed to it's, them by the no, New York it's, football it's Giants. 12, it's 12-9, so Ooh. we're only down by two. Did Zeke score the touchdown? I, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. It was 12-9. We're down by two. It was 12-9. Really it now it's now, 10. But. So I I don't know where the one came from, though. It was I don't, An extra point. Extra point? Yeah, but I don't know where the touchdown came from. Someone ran across the goal line. Or a defensive player. Someone crossed the goal line and it scored a touchdown. That was a delayed <laughs> score update or something. But no, guys, um, like I said, I know this football season has been rough, but we're we're what episode thirteen, fifteen. This is I don't 15. even know. This I, is I don't fifteen or. So. I, I meant to say this at episode ten, Steve. Dude, it's been great having you, man. Yeah, it's been fun. It's. Been I mean, fun. this is this, this was this has been awesome. Then we're getting Will up here. Um, we've got two new content writers. Yeah. Um. They fantastic articles. Go check it out at naturalstatesports.com. Y'all, I mean, I, 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 I fi- we finally have a good team. Yeah, I we, think we so. really do. Hopefully, everyone else thinks that. Just not the hogs. Yeah, oh, just, well. the, just not on the football field. Well, so. that's true. well but, as uh, we as we wrap up, I just I don't. So so I try to I try to come out and say you know support the team and enjoy watching it, but. Basketball starts Tuesday. So, yeah, go go support Ty Story. But, no, honestly, um, I I really got nothing, I guess. I want to have something. I want to have something witty and fun to say, but at this point. Can I give you one? Yeah, go for it. Can I give you one? Hashtag pack the bud. Okay. Challenge. I want, I want, I want, want, and Steve and I are going to do this. I want to challenge everybody. To pack out Bud Walton Arena every chance you get. I want to hear that place rocking. We need to show Eric Musselman that he's got, I mean, I know football's in a tough spot, and I put this out on Twitter, but there's no reason why we can't pack out Bud Walton. No, I mean, and, and again, it's the basketball things. So use that. that I just gave you hashtag, so you can, yeah, you can say that now. Pack the Bud. Hashtag, hashtag pack the Bud. Make it happen. Make so. it happen. I want to show Eric Musselman what Hog fans are really like. Yeah. Well, he's going to find out. And, yeah. Well, as far as supporting the Hogs. Yeah. So, so. My bad, Steve. I All right, care. guys. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Yes, hopefully we'll have everything wrapped, ready to go on Thursday for a little Recruiting show's show. coming along. I know you're doing final preps and everything. Yeah, sure, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it's coming. Yeah, you see, you saw that bus coming, didn't you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you're kind of in a lull right now. Re- recruiting so. is going to be, who knows? So yeah. Basketball recruiting But But uh, be back Thursday, 7 o'clock, for the preview show. We're talking about A-State and UCA, which UCA has the other former Arkansas quarterback coming into town and Cole Kelly. Yeah, an interesting weekend in the state. So get out. It doesn't matter if you're an Arkansas fan, a UCA fan, or an A-State fan. If you've got a collegiate favorite, go support them. Uh, but other than that, boys, it's been a great show. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. Until next time. We'll pig. We'll pig. Remember to join us every week as Zach and Steve bring the best in fan reaction to Arkansas sports. Follow us on social media for the best of fan-driven, unfiltered content.